Let's do this. Oh. Oh, oh boy. Paul what a McCartney to start the morning. It's the beat. Love it. We are back. We are back, everybody, with another Emmy Award-winning episode of The Gentleman Dodo Joe. Wow. All right. Well, to my right, who messed up that little intro, uh, from Pittsburgh, Joe. PA. Sorry. <laughs> from Pittsburgh, PA, my good buddy, even though he fights me on it every week, Steve Byrne, everybody. There he is. We're... To my left, uh, an acquaintance uh, from Detroit, Michigan. Yes. Comedian. There you go. <laughs> the balls Be are nice. Uh, Gary Cannon. Did you see that I tweeted to you over the weekend? I sent a tweet to Tony Robbins and uh, asked for his help in helping you. Jesus, you're I reaching said, Will you? I, I did. I you're... said, will you help my buddy? He's using Gold Star every weekend. He needs your help and guidance over the career. And by the way, our buddy, our buddy Saul Volcano liked one of my posts. He said I was at an empty movie theater. He said it was very creepy, and I said, Steve Byrne has a movie out? Okay. <laughs> Joining us today. <laughs> I love just, I, I'm literally sitting at home while you're working, and I love just scrolling. No shit. Scrolling your Facebook page. Every day of my life. Every day. Any any slight accomplishment is just like. You like it, though, because I'm sure your phone oh, beeps. Oh, I love it. Your phone beeps. It does, I don't get alerts. You get a I don't do any of that stuff. No. You don't? Nope. Well, that saves you some time, then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm sure Jim Gaffigan's not getting alerts, either, because he's successful. Who's our guest today, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> just bombing. Uh, bombing? Are you crazy? Well, I just yes. setting it up. Joining us today will yes. be our former showrunner of Sullivan and Son. Right. Uh, Who you kind of co-wrote the script with, right? Yeah. He's on Red Eye all the time on Fox News. He's uh, He does this thing called Martini Shot yeah. all the time on, uh, I forget, KCRW out here in L.A. And... You know, always does like syndicated uh, political pieces. Uh, it's Rob Long. Rob Long will be joining us today. I'm curious what he thinks about the election. A lot going I definitely on right want now. to ask him about the election. Yeah. I ask. I, look, he wrote on Cheers. He came out of uh, he came out of out of Yale and went right to Cheers. So we can ask him all about that stuff. Uh, it's crazy because you would have to put Cheers if you if you didn't look at any if you just looked at multi camera sitcoms, yeah. right? You would have to put Cheers in what the top three best sitcoms ever i mean you'd have to it's definitely top 10 i mean you think of all all of tv from the beginning of Ooh, time top 10 I, go... I go top three i mean it's right up there i mean there's so many great shows all those characters where would you put sullivan and son bottom how many ever shows there were and then bottom whatever that is what are you working on now uh what Warner show are you working on <laughs> what show let me ask you something are you proud of that show are, are you proud <laughs> shut of up why can't we this is a conversation we're having a con- it's a radio show. Oh it's a, it's a God, podcast. Gary. Why can't we have a conversation? Anyway, how did you get? To, how did you meet Rob? Well, because obviously you guys worked on the pilot script together. How did you guys meet? Did you know him before? No, I think uh, you know. It's it's done a bunch of different ways, but basically our agency gave us a bunch of scripts to read, and I'd read an ep- excerpt from Rob's book, uh, Conversations with My Agent, and it was a. Uh, was something about the the difference between Mickey Mouse as a representative of Disney and Bugs Bunny representing Warner Brothers, and it was just the differences and the nuances of the characters. And I just thought, this dude's fucking awesome. So yeah, yeah that's how it happened. And it, I I think the crazier thing is that you have an agent. I think Rob is on the phone with us right now, joining <laughs> us. Proof that anybody can get an agent. Shut up. True story. Rob, how are you? 
I'm doing. All I heard was anybody can get an agent. <laughs> no, well, we were talking. We were discussing how I initially met you, and I read. I was reading uh, conversations with my agent. And the oh, right. piece you did about Bugs Bunny versus Walt or versus Mickey Mouse, and I just thought this is this guy. I I can't wait to meet him. And that's initially I was so enthusiastic to get to meet you. That's how we brought Rob on the show. Down. Yeah, yeah. Now please, we were just talking. So you came out of out of Yale, and you was was Cheers oh, yeah. your first gig? That was my first job, my first real job in life. Actually, I think I was twenty three. That is crazy. Um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty amazing, and, and I hadn't really watched the show that much because you know you're in college and I watch too much TV. But I had watched it um, when I was in film school. So when I got out of college, I went to film school for a, about a year and a half. And um, some girl told me in some um, writing uh, class after I'd read some of my work, and I would read your work in your writing class, and she kind of looked at me with a kind of a what, what I now recognize was was a sneer. At first, I thought it was a smile, and she said, <laughs> "Your stuff is like television." And I thought um, – I didn't know that she was trying to call me stupid. Uh, I thought that that was a compliment. She said, oh, TV, okay. So I um, <laughs> I watched at 11 o'clock on Channel 5 the reruns of Cheers and then 11.30 Taxi because uh, somebody told me, hey, that, that's, those are the best shows ever. So watch those. So I watched the reruns and I caught up to everything. Um, and to this day, I still feel like uh, there, there is there is a gigantic hit show in uh, – uh, in a taxi revival. That was, that was a great show too. So I basically went to film school and then at night I went to TV school between 11 and 12 uh, watching on Channel 5 Cheers and Taxi. How do you get the job at Cheers though? What's the what's the process <clears throat> of getting the job there? Who Who's that talking? That? <laughs> you probably don't recognize that voice. Nobody does. The industry does not okay. know it. Okay. I just suddenly, I know Steve, Steve's got this distinctive baritone, you know, he sounds like a star. I, the other guy, I don't know. Um, well, we got to go. Are you, are you, uh, yeah, you got to be really careful when you zip up your fly there, Gary. You got to be really careful. Very tender flesh. Um, Who's that? I, uh, what, uh, I, how I got it, I got, I got an agent, you know. Um, your, your agent gets you your first job. Uh, that's, that's not the only thing your agent ever does for you in life. But... Um, Wrote a couple specs, and then um, a, an agent at a sort of powerful boutique small agency, um, but they represent a lot of people in TV, including everybody on Cheers, um, signed us up and said, look, uh, you know, there's, al- there's always mo- – this is the old days, right? Anybody listening to this who's, who's thinking, oh, this will be my path, I'm sorry. It's, it's changed totally irrevocably now. Steve Back just then, put his pen down. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, Gary. You have to wait another 20 years. Does <laughs> um, Cheers need a warm-up? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, that, of course, Gary, the warm-up guy. Now it's all falling apart. Yeah. Then, like they all, every every show had there were tons of shows on, and they were a lot of them were really good. And um, they had all they all had room in their budget for what they call staff writer, which is an uncredited staff writing position that you just kind of do and you get you get paid by the week in a way and um and so the cheers and they're like oh yeah these guys fine bring them in what's 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 the worst what's the biggest you know harm it's uh 10 weeks and they're idiots and then we get rid of them um that's really that's really how it works what season did you come in on rob what season did you join what season did you join season eight oh wow seven i think yeah late you know i mean the show is a it wasn't quite the number one show yet. I mean, it had been 
really popular, obviously, and hugely successful. But the last four years or three, four years of it, um, it really was like a, a top, like a, a top two show, top three show. Were you intimidated at all going in, or were you? Was there was there kind of like a blissful ignorance to your youth and coming out of Yale and just thinking, <laughs> oh, I got a job on a show? I mean, were you were you scared at all, or was it just like yeah, this is great? You don't really get it until you're at the table reading, and then like that was that was not my first day, you know. I mean, I had been there because we, I joined in a hiatus and we wrote an outline, I think, first. So I, I'd sort of been with the writers at first. I, I mean, the, the, the intimidation thing is you you meet the writers, you think, oh my god, these are the funniest people in the. I didn't know you could be this funny all the time. Um, it just just in a room, they're funny. Just sitting around making jokes, they're funny. And uh, then, and then about a week later, I showed up at a table reading. I think because it was the start of a production week, and you suddenly see the cast of Cheers, and they're there, and they're kind of struggling in, and they're like nice, and hey, how you doing? And they sort of meet you, and hey, how you doing? It's great, and 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 you're like, holy shit, this is the cast of Cheers, <laughs> right? And they're like, you know, they're, they they look like crap, right? Because they just they've been on weeks vacation and they're kind of struggling in for the table reading eleven, and they're not really going to work that day anyway. They're only there for about an hour, do the reading, and then go. But you just you can't. It's just like that was the moment where you think, oh, that's what this is. This isn't just sitting around um, telling funny little jokes to each other. You know, I mean, you know, bad. Maybe Steve, you know, bad writers' room jokes about pedophilia and cancer and Anne Frank and, all, <laughs> and every every out of every completely unacceptably politically incorrect joke you can. It's not that. It's like we're going to do a TV show and people are going to watch it and they're going to watch it and about 25 million people are going to watch it. I, and that was that, that was kind of freaky. I just remember years ago, Rob, I, had, I wasn't living out in L.A. and I came out to L.A. and we did a tour of Paramount Studios and they took us into the cheer set and they said, hey, we got to be very quiet. They're rehearsing, but we'll take you in. <laughs> and they were shooting, uh, which is kind of ironic now because I found out Tom Anderson wrote this script uh, years later. No, yeah. Tom now. But we, we walked in and they were rehearsing the episode where Cliff was on Jeopardy. And I just remember oh, right. you, you were saying, you know, when they walked in, they were all scraggly. Like, I just remember them rehearsing and, you know, a, a lot of the cast was in pajamas, wearing slippers. And I just remember, yeah. like, they were so close to me yet so far away. I was I like, like, oh, my God, there's the bar. They're right in front of me. There's Carla. There's Ted Danson. Like, it was just so surreal. And I'm sure that that's kind of how you felt when you – because I was such a huge fan of the show. Yeah, it's, it's a really weird thing to see those people and to see them at work, right? You see them – um, doing the thing that they just do, and I, I think when you're when you're a well-known face, you get used to it, and you're you're used to the the relationship that you have to people and the audience and all that stuff, and you know intuitively that if you do a funny thing on the screen in front of the camera, it's going to be in front of 25 million people, and then they're going to show promos of it all week, and you're just you just get used to that. I mean, I think. Um, uh, you know, Steve's probably used to that. He's a star. Um, <laughs> yeah, brother. Gary, Gary, Gary you and I, Gary, I don't know what your day job is. But I know you and I toil in anonymity, which is fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it's a weird feeling. It's just a weird feeling, right? It's just, a, and then, and especially that show that people have very strong feelings about, uh, that it wasn't just like any other show. It was, it had, it was an institution at that point. Um, 
and people would come up to you with their, their favorite line. I mean, people come up to me and say, did you do this one? What about this line? I say, well, no, that was like for the first season, you know, in 1982, and I was 16. <laughs> I, wasn't around, <laughs> no, I wasn't working there then. And they go, okay, what about this line? I say, well, no, that's from season three. But it, like the fans of the show didn't really care about the seasons. They just knew I watch this thing in reruns all the time. Whenever I'm flipping around and it's a rerun of Cheers, I watch it. Um, sadly, that is no longer the case. They're hard to find now, but but back when they were on, um, that was how it felt. And I, and I and you don't really even get it. I mean, that's one thing I love about that kind of comedy is that it really the, the big broadcast later to everybody is kind of the just the it's not the leftovers really, but it's the second version. The most important version is the one in front of the audience because that's the fairest because that's a real audience. It, 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 it still bugs me. It always bugs me when people say, I don't like it when it has a laugh track. It's like, you know, that's not a laugh track. That's, those are the, we recorded the actual audience. Right. You know, we, did, we, didn't mess up, we didn't mess around with that. If you, we didn't get jokes. We did the same thing on Sullivan. If we didn't get a joke, if we didn't get a laugh, we cut it. There's a lot I mean, cut. We would maybe Gary. Yeah, yeah, a lot cut. <laughs> well, uh, that's what you some do. shows that's never made it to air. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, I don't say we had any standards. Um, God, you, Steve, what happened to our careers? We, on, on a I know. Gary Cannon. I see him every every week, Rob. Every week. Um, what oh is your God. What is but your favorite? Is, I remember, Gary. I remember your last name. I feel like you should like. Dear Diary, Rob Long remembered my last name. <laughs> it's really I have no I have no physical picture of you. You could you could walk in this room right now and sit down. I wouldn't have no idea. Yeah, after season two, Rob kept referring to you as uh, who's that little girl? Who's that ugly little girl with a mustache? But then then it was like, oh, that's Gary. Rosie By season O'Donnell's three, he knew you, he, he, he knew your name. Yeah. What is your favorite yeah. Cheers story? And then we're, we we don't have to talk about Cheers anymore. But I mean, it's got to be something you get asked all the time. What is your favorite Cheers story? The, the, the favorite, my favorite episode, or just uh, while working on the show? What I is your favorite, know favorite episode? Um, I think a uh, favorite episode is really really hard because I, I think my favorite episode is one from this first season, I think. that I, I mean, I just saw, and was written by the great David Lloyd, who was the late great David Lloyd, who was just this incredibly gifted, funny person, and brilliant, brilliant writer. And it was uh, a fight. It was, uh, Diane, um, uh, she got a call in the bar, and it was that Mrs. Stiffing, Stiffington had died. And she's very upset, and she hangs the phone, and she says, God, Mrs. Skippington died. And they're all like, oh, sorry, Diana. Oh, no. she clo- were you close to her? And it turns out it was her cat. <laughs> and, and everyone kind of like, like, oh, come on, big deal. Like, your cat's died. And she is so offended and hurt by this that the whole episode is really her reaction to their reaction. And there's this beautiful last scene between her and, um, and, and, and Sam Malone that is so great and manages to be both kind of, you know, romantic and emotional and moving. And it's just great. It's just great writing that you just don't see anymore because it, it was writing really it, the only thing it, it, it was the only, only way you could do that in front of an audience. It was like a great stage play. It could be, it, now they would just write it in a bunch of different scenes and it wouldn't have the same kind of power. Um, and that, I love that one. In terms of like stories, I remember, um, Going to, uh, I guess when we did the, par- I mean, uh, this is not a story about the, making a show. We went to Boston for a big parade, and it was like uh, 
200 episodes or something. And as a cast, as a, as a show, we had never gone to Boston. We'd like every now and then, I think somebody would drop a few bucks and go and just shoot exteriors, um, you know, the top of the top of every scene. But we thought, oh no, let's go to Boston. Let's like shoot a whole portion of an episode um, outside or something, and shoot some teasers in front of the bar. And the city was, oh, we'll throw you a big party. There's this huge parade. I mean, I mean, I was from, I'm from Boston, and the the, the 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 only parade that matched this parade was the one for the Celtics in '86, uh, I think '85, '86, um, all along Beacon Street in front of the bar, up up and down up Beacon Street. And so we were all in this parade. It was amazing. And everybody's like, every, all the cast in different cars. And you, you went through and you drove it, drove through. There's a wave of applause. Uh, you know, oh, there's Sam Malone. The Sam Malone car passed. <laughs> there's Ted Danson. Cheers. But then as we would pass, if we were in a big uh, open car. It said writers and producers on the side. <laughs> and uh, the audience dropped. Like, uh, you guys needed a warm a up for that parade. <laughs> <laughs> guys, when the producers come by, we need lots of energy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly right. Remember, remember, it, 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 it's 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 it may not be new to you, but it's, it's, it's new to the audience. Yeah. When that car comes by and all those guys yeah. look high, we need a lot of love. <laughs> we really, we really need you to, we really need your support here. But Rob, how do you go from this amazing number one hit bar comedy? To Sullivan and Son, Gary. Well, I'm talking to Rob. It's his well, sis. <laughs> yeah, listen, because that's um, a 180, and we can admit it now. So it's a lot of a lot of bad choices. A lot of- <laughs> <laughs> Here's Love. what I learned: that Mex at the, at the time, I don't know about that. Mexican heroin. <laughs> um, was not as good as the expensive kind of white <laughs> and the No, look, I always want to do a community. I like, I like, I like community shows. I still would love to do one. I'm, 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 I'm literally as not literally right now, but I am in the next seven days trying to get another one started um, because I like shows where people who are different come and hang out, and I, I feel like that. It doesn't happen as often in real life. It happens more than it did when Cheers was on, by the way. But I just, I just find that interesting, and I just, I kind of like it when people are out for a drink and are telling you their life story. It just seems fun to me, and more fun than a living room. Like a living room to me, uh, maybe it's a, a, a failure of my imagination. I have a hard time writing a scene in which some stranger comes into your house <laughs> and sits on your sofa. That just doesn't seems never to happen in real life. Yeah. But in a bar it happens all the time and um, people get to be a little bit more amplified than who they really are in a bar um, or in a, in a restaurant or hangout, wherever that is. And so I kind of, um, I'm just kind of drawn to that. And so, so, so Steve had like a, an outline kind of a script, kind of a version of a script that was really interesting and um, and uh, it was at a coffee shop, I think, at first. And so my brilliant contribution would say, I think it'd be better if everybody could get drunk. Um, you know, it's not as fun watching somebody eat pie as it is to watch somebody <laughs> have a doctor. Um, and if they're drunk, they'll and, forget about the script. Yeah, and then you could deal with people who drink too, too, you know, too much pie or eat, eat, eat too much alcohol. But um, And so that's really how it started. And then we had, I mean, the, the best thing about Sullivan was that I don't think that we had a plan. Uh, it was just, okay, we'll just keep doing this, and we'll just do it and talk about it until suddenly we have basically what is a script, and then we'll spend a couple of days turning what we have that's basically a script into an actual script, and let's see what anybody says. Um, I mean, in my in my life, that those are always the best outcomes are always the best. I find it really hard now at my age and my sort of 
whatever it is I'm doing now to like think that way. But I actually feel like that is the best way to go about it. Just like, oh, right, just we'll just sit here and try to make each other laugh and come up with something we think is really interesting, and then we'll turn it, that thing into a script, and then we'll see if anybody wants it. Um, it's probably dumb. You probably should be really much more strategic about it. But <laughs> in my life, I just find that it's better, better not to be. It's just that, That's how that started. So, I mean, the Song of the Sun, I mean, we made it super dirty because um, I didn't think anything like kind of fun and dirty was on TV. It was all mean or snarky or um, alt comedy, you know, the stuff that's kind of not really very funny. I, I don't mean the stuff you do, Gary. I mean, that's a, that's a different kind of thing. <laughs> alt, alt comedy. Which you know, I think even I both find difficult, hard to hard to enjoy. I mean, you know, people who do it work really hard. Absolutely, not, I don't enjoy it. Um, and so, but that show, I mean, Solomon would have done great on NBC, or been great on not ABC, but would have done great on CBS. Um, it would have been a big show for CBS. Um, well, but it just was, you know, that's just the way it is. Rob, yeah. what, what is a multi-camera sitcom that's on right now? If you get a chance to see anything that you enjoy, and 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 why is that? I mean, because do you think that there's sort of a demise of multi-cameras these days? I mean, like, what? So many people watch Netflix or Showtime or so many great shows, but do you think the multi-camera sitcom is dying a little bit? Well, the funny thing is, Netflix is just making you know major bank on Fuller House, right? They decided which was anybody in the TV business in the 890s knew that the TGIF lineup on Friday was huge, right? I mean, I didn't watch it, but if you were a kid or a family, you were watching TGIF. And it's not whether those shows were like Emmy award-winning shows or great shows, but they were reliably funny. And if you had kids and a family, you could all watch it together, and they, were not, they weren't bad. And at some point, ABC, the network, got too snooty for it and said, well, we don't really want that. That's just tacky. So they took them off. And it was dumb. It's like you have seven days. Make one day TGIF. That's fine. And uh, so left a giant hole there. And then Netflix saw on their, you know, absolutely uh, infallible algorithmic uh, super brain. They saw people were downloading and streaming episodes of Full House. And they went, well, let's just not, let's not overthink this. Let's just do Full House again. Let's get everybody back. Um, so I'm not sure it doesn't work. Um, I, I think that probably there's a glut of them and they weren't very good and people kind of got turned off and, you know, tastes move and shift and uh, the country, you know, cha- you know, the audience changes its taste. The good ones, I think, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't really watch that much now, but I mean, the good ones, I think, look, Chuck Laurie delivers major jokes. Big Bang Theory is, makes a billion dollars a minute and everyone on that show is a zillionaire. And they're super nice, by the way. I know two of those guys. Well, one of them, uh, Kunal, was on our was Sullivan twice, yeah. three times. And was just like incredibly Couldn't nice guy, like really, really super gifted, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, they're making a lot of money and making jokes with characters that people are uh, think are funny and interesting and fresh. And that's all it is. It's just – but the thing about it is I would say that if you've ever stood in front of an audience uh, and had them not laugh – at your material or a joke. And I know, Gary, that's kind of... Like, <laughs> Steve and I are out. looking at each other as you're setting this up. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you've ever done that, right, and, and, and look at people who've done it. Like, I've done it. You, know, you guys have done it. Uh, uh, Tina Fey has done it. And the, uh, the entire production team of, of um, uh, Modern Family has done it. Like, once you've done that, you can't turn that metronome inside your head off, right? You can't... You can't convince yourself, oh, well, 
this line here that's well, I thought was a big joke. It's going to be more of a rueful thing. Like you can't do that, right? Because <laughs> you you know what it feels like when people don't laugh, so you try harder. Um, that's what I would say to people. Like I, I, the single camera shows, I think could be gr- much better if they didn't go home so early. You know, make, five more minutes on the joke. You know, spend some time trying to really make me laugh out loud. I got to ask you. Um... Before we go into some uh, one more subject, but uh, you got you had the pleasure of working with Bob Newhart, who I met about a oh, year yeah. ago at a Cubs game, and couldn't be nicer, and oh. spoke highly of you. What what is your impression or your your impression of of New, Newhart after having worked with him over the years as time has gone on? Uh, what are your memories of of him, and what do you think of him? Well, he's like a super. First of all, he's a super nice guy, right? I mean, he, he, he has a has a, a big family, um, and you see them all the time, and that's a sign that something's going right in someone's life in general, right? Um, nice guy, but really clear about what he does. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't get to be Bob Newhart by, move, you know, doing different stuff. Like he does the thing that he does, and and so you're dealing with this guy who's at a level of professionalism that. And of course, success, but professional and has been. I mean, when we worked with him, he had been, I mean, maybe 40 years already, he had been a big star. Like his big uh, comedy albums, debut comedy albums were from like the 59 or 60 something, really early. So, really, 40 years. I mean, there was no, it's not like, hey, Bob, you know, I was wondering on this line if you could give me a little, like, none of that. Like, <laughs> he, he, like I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. And what you discover with Newhart is that, you know, those scripts are shorter because he doesn't talk fast. Right. And he, that's what he, that's, that's his thing. That's who Bob Newhart is. Bob Newhart is a guy who kind of stammers and thinks about stuff and then says it. And it's always worth it, right? <laughs> he always <laughs> nails it. But he, tell, he would tell a story once about being at Thanksgiving dinner. Or maybe a friend of mine was at the, I can't remember who he told it. Someone, and um, he was telling a story and his youngest daughter, who's like lovely, uh, said, um, Dad, can you, you know, hurry it up? It's taking, he's taking too long to tell the story. And he looks at her and he says, um, <clears throat> Courtney, <clears throat> uh, this, this is, this is how I talk. <laughs> um, and I, I, I talk this way and, um, and he sort of gestures to the, you know, the house there. It has, it has brought us all these nice things. <laughs> when I talk. I was like, yeah, the guy who really gets it. Like, no, this is I do. This is what I do. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm that character, and and so like you deal with somebody like that, or you just think, well, it, you're just you just have to sort of stand back. You're you're really serving someone else's genius, which I think is um, a, you know, incredible, you know, incredible honor when it's Bob Newhart. I mean, I think um, I had I had an old my old friend Harry Shearer, who's like you know done comedy for a long time and. Uh, sort of for the hippie days, but Spinal Tap and all that stuff. Genuinely funny person with lots of talent himself. And we, and I, I called him up and I said, "Hey, would you ever do? I need a guy to play a therapist. And would you blood? Would you play the therapist in, in this episode?" He goes, "Yeah, sure, sure, sure." And so he comes in the morning, and I come down in the afternoon to uh, have a, you know, get a cup of coffee as I do pretend that I'm just getting a cup of coffee, but really to check things out on the stage. And um, Harry kind of gestures to me and pulls me aside. I think there's, I mean, I'm, I'm worried because there's a problem because he has a weird look on his face. And he says, you, you know that Bob Newhart is a 
genius, right? You know that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, I've never worked with a guy. He is, he's Jack Benny. Which is like for that level, that era of comedian and comic is like the highest possible accolade. Yeah. And, and, and coming from Harry, that meant a lot because Harry was, was a child actor on the Jack Benny show. Oh, wow. Holy um, cow. And when I told that to Bob that night, later on, one shoot night, um, he was like really kind of visibly like, it meant something to him you know, mm-hmm. because that meant somebody who like, you know, even though you know, Harry was, I think, you know, six or something, it was like, God, somebody who worked with Jack Benny thinks that I'm the next Jack Benny. It's amazing. Kind of cool. <laughs> we got to ask you with the upcoming election and, you know, oh. you and I, uh, I had the pleasure of getting to do Red Eye with you and you obviously do the martini shot and you're always out there. Uh, what have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen an election like this? In your life, or do you ever think that you would see anything like this in politics? No, I, this is so bananas to me. I don't even. I I think this is the election that people watch movies about and made movies about, and they always thought, partly thought, would it be fun if it was really like that? Um, <laughs> and that now it, it's really like that. Now we did it. And the answer is no. It's not really that, it's, that no, great. No, it's pit. not really fun. There, you want you want grown-ups, right? You want grown-ups, and maybe you disagree with one of the grown-ups more than you disagree with the other grown-up, but you want two grown-ups who are like basically emotionally, uh, psychologically stable, and uh, whose motivations are reasonably clear even when they're lying to you. Instead of this sort of banana town where the people, I mean, it's also like, I find bizarre, like anyone who's enthusiastic, like I, I'm scared of the fans, you know, the hard yeah. described it to me. It's like, it's like, um, you know, this is like a weird thing, but he said, if, if you shit your pants, change your pants. <laughs> Don't sense. keep wearing them and shit in them again. And that's kind of feels like this with this campaign. Is, you know, it's like every day, it's like something different. Are you serious? We're not. Let's can we just all clean up for a minute? Yeah. And, yeah. What? What? Why is so, it? Why do you think our country has gotten to the point where one unfavorable? You know, you see the numbers in terms of her unfavorables are only outdone by his unfavorables. How has it come to yeah. to this where these are the two salmon that have ended up upstream? We got to choose a meal for four years between one of these two kind of rotten pieces of sand. Yeah. How did, how has it come to this? I, I don't know how it came to this. That's the weird thing. I think it, I mean, I, I think there's a, an optimistic version and a pessimistic version. The pessimistic version for me right now is that, um, we're seeing, um, an old order of things fall apart at, before we had a replacement. So we're seeing things just kind of disintegrate and turn into shit, but we didn't have – there's no actual replacement for it the way there was – there has been in the past. There have been lots of leaders that have been bodied, kind of – you liked him, you didn't like him, but a new kind of way of thinking about American politics. Um, and, and we don't really have that uh, now, so it, we kind of, it kind of makes us all feel nervous. I mean that's why I think she'll win ultimately because she makes us less nervous than he does. Sure. You know, it's just not – you know. Yeah, yay, you know, <laughs> you know like, <laughs> this is like a great bumper steer. But the, the optimistic view of it is that maybe the presidency is just a little smaller position, and, it, and we've made it seem bigger 
over time and maybe you know, Imperial to the extent that we closed down Pennsylvania Avenue and all sorts of stuff. Um, and remember, Harry Truman could walk out of the White House and cross the street and go into the Hay Adams and have a drink. Right. At the bar, across, the hotel across the street, and then come back to the office at like 5.30 after a drink. And and I think he had a security, he had to get one or two guys with him, but that's about it. Like there was not this giant movement of, you know, the president, when the president goes somewhere now, it's like five jets and 90 decoy limos and there's a traveling surgical cart. Like it's crazy. Um, and I feel like maybe two people who are like kind of despised and loathed and reviled and not trusted, um, maybe a good thing for us. So it's a good spanking. You know, we, if you play this sort of the, the, the it's not just, it's not a, it's not a constitutional uh, requirement for the job that you be anything other than a good chief executive. You don't have to be a leader. You don't have to be like a moral uh, compass. You don't have to be a you don't have to stand for anything good. You're supposed to be the just chief executive of the of one third of the government. And maybe maybe this is this is the optimistic. You know, this is me being optimistic. Maybe this is the good <laughs> the good thing that will come from this. Well, Truman was very similar to Steve in that he could walk go. around unrecognizable. Okay, and, and that's the beauty of Steve. He can go through an airport. Okay, to a we Starbucks, get it. Nobody cares. Let's go. But see, but see, I don't think that's true. I think Truman oh, like Steve. <laughs> um, was uh, well first of all Truman like Steve will be much more beloved after his death I think that's fair to say yes yes. Uh, <laughs> thanks guys especially by but his also, wife but also like Steve Truman um, had like a certain he, he reminded people of somebody they know an everyman quality is from yes. Independence Missouri there you go in the Midwest yeah. absolutely can I just say something thank like, you can I, I wanted to say kind something like, very nice, yeah, yeah. by the way. Uh, Rob, I, by the way, the last time I saw you, Rob, uh, which has been more recent than you think, uh, actually, we met or saw each other. You do something very nice. You're on the board of directors at something called My Friend's Place, which is – can you tell uh, our audience a little oh, something yeah. about it? Oh, that's right. That was – you were there. That's, I don't, here I've been uh, dissing you. I should be uh, dissing Steve. Um, <laughs> you – uh, yeah, my friend's place, a homeless youth agency in Hollywood. Yes, we really kind of on the corner of Hollywood Boulevard and the 101. Uh, it's been around for I don't know 20, 30 years maybe. I've been part of it for maybe twenty years. Um, look, there's just there are young people living on the street, living under bridges, and that's not good. And you can't really have a um, a safe or, or or productive life if you're living under a bridge. And you got to get a job, and you got to get. Um, help with your whatever your addiction problems are if you have them and if you've got a little baby with some people some of the homeless kids do we got to help you take care of that baby and get you kind of back on the right path and that's what they do at my friend's place they do a really really good job of it where the you know there's no there's no law there's no rule book with it and there's no uh, established pattern you just have to do it the hard way which is the expensive way which is one homeless kid at a time and um and so yeah so i've been doing that for 20 years i mean my, I decided a while ago, like, if I'm going to give somebody money, I mean, not that I ever want to because I love money, but if I'm going to give anybody <laughs> money, um, it's going to be somebody doing something really, really, really close to the problem. Right. You know, and not they do- somebody, you know, way up there with a the big office somewhere in K Street in D.C. who's advocating. I don't, I'm not big on advocating. And and my friend's place does a great benefit every year, and they're doing it again this year on Wednesday, October the 19th. 
uh, from 6 to 10 at the Taglion Center in L.A. And I, I hosted the one a couple of years ago, and it was great. And I got to tell you, there's a lot of great people involved, including Kevin Beeks, who runs Lionsgate, right. and people like Rob, who give their time and their money yeah. for such a great organization. So uh, I wanted to say thanks for doing that, Rob. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, where's the joke? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Rob, I know, right? <laughs> we do want to thank you very much for your time. And just so it's public record, I cannot thank you enough for taking me on years ago when I was just a guy living out of a suitcase on the road and you took a chance on me and we developed a great friendship. And I can look back and say we got three great years out of a wonderful television show. And it's literally one of the best experiences in my professional life. And I cannot thank you enough for that, your friendship, and especially your time today, I love you and look forward to seeing you again down the line. But, you know, again, thank you so much, Rob, for everything. Uh, well, I, let me respond to that, but first I'll say, Gary, that is what human behavior is. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, I, if you're trying to model human, right. nice human behavior. Follow like, Steve's right, lead. No, but look, but, but look, here's the thing, Steve. Nobody, I didn't, I had, it, was, it was a blast. It was one of the most fun experiences I've had. No, I didn't take a chance on you. You're funny. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the reason that people are in the, in the feet, in the little clubs laughing at your jokes is because you're funny. And, Thank um, you. And I thought we did a really great show. I mean, I'm really proud of every frame of that show. I think um, it's one of those things that, uh, uh, you know, if we made, you know, 10 more, um, we'd, we'd probably be on Netflix right now. We just probably didn't make, we didn't make kind of enough, I think, for that kind of sale. But people, when they, uh, that's, that's one of those shows that people said to me, oh, that's really funny. Oh, that show really is really funny. And I remember getting a text from a friend of mine saying, um, uh, Steve Burns funny. You're doing hard jokes on that show. Like those are his two biggest compliments. Oh, that's but, yeah, awesome. We're trying to be funny. <laughs> Steve Burns a funny guy. And I, you know, listen, that's what, that's what it's all about, right? That's, if, if Rob, like, um, but in fairness, if you like the show that much, why can't you find any information on it on your IMDb page? That's completely gone. I can't find any information okay, Gary. of you being associated Wait. with it on Wikipedia. <laughs> but seriously, seriously, Gary, is that true? I mean, that I, is I, true. I, <laughs> Shut up, Gary's fucking. Cheers is in bold and ten point type, and then you can't find anything about something. Okay. Oh, oh, oh! It's it's printed in the, the font size and the, and, yes. the, and the ink, you know, thickness I of guess, the letters. It's just. It, I guess it's Rob really only all wants. About how, Rob only wants comedies listed on his IMDb page. Okay. <laughs> Rob, <laughs> we cannot thank dramas. you enough. We really appreciate it. <laughs> thank you, Rob. And continue hey, success, my friend. Hey, fellas. Steve, uh, let me know you're back in back in town. Let's, we, we have a dinner to, uh, we got to have. Absolutely, sir. I'll let you know too, Rob. Right. Fuck off, Gary. <laughs> you're not invited. Take care, Rob. We love Bye, you, Rob. Bud. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Gary, you're not invited. Bye. The great that Rob Long. was Rob Long. And he does, uh, I saw him a couple of years ago, and he does it every year at My Friend's Place. My Friend's Place, great, great charity, great organization. And I think uh, I think it was our second season, we all went to a big fundraiser for them and got to see firsthand what they do. Yeah. So My Friend's Place, feel free to look it up, give a con- contribution. Uh, where can they find you, Gary? Canon Comedy, Steve. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Steve Byrne Live, all things comedy. Thank you for listening. <laughs>